0: And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee.
1: Our text for discussion, as I said, is taken from Mark chapter 2. If you recall, last week we left off speaking on how Jesus dominated wherever he went. Do you remember that? The story in Mark chapter 2 is about... Primarily four friends, amen, who helped their buddy who was paralyzed, amen, access Jesus' his presence. You know, sometimes it's difficult to get in the Lord's presence back then because he was so popular, amen. There was always a crowd around Jesus and last week I began speaking a little bit about crowds but I didn't finish it because for some reason the church as a whole, and I'm not saying us here at Imitators of God Ministries, but for some reason on a whole, we think that crowds or big churches are a problem. Well, let me, not everybody, because we think that big church, there's a lot of mess going on in big churches. I found out that wherever people are, there is mess. Because folks are just messy. Amen. So today, I want to share. (laughs) Well, let me say that again. We human beings, amen. We are messy. Is that all right? Because we are in this together. We all stand on the same level at the foot of the cross. There is no big me and small yous. How many of you are happy about that? In the presence of the Lord, we are all the same. When we go to heaven, you'll realize that in heaven, there will be no generals and... (laughs) Of the Lord, amen, and lieutenants of the Lord, we are all God's children. You know it's difficult, you know that's difficult to accept as a Pentecostal. I grew up Pentecostal and that's difficult to accept. <laughs> that, you know, in, the, in heaven there'll be, there won't be generals, praise the Lord. We, we are all God's kids. The Bible says to access the kingdom of God, you must come like a child. Let me say that again, maybe I speak, I spoke in French. The Bible says to access the kingdom of God, you must come like a child. Amen. The Bible says for of these sort are of my kingdom. So what I want us to do today is look at this particular text and I want to speak to you from my heart. Amen. Because I need us to shift mentally. I believe these last three months, it's a time for us to grow and expand. But we cannot expand until here is expanded. You cannot go in body where you've not been in the mind Let me say that again. We cannot go in body where we've not been in the mind. And so I think God wants us to stretch a bit. I was so happy last week after church. A few of you came to me and said, "Pastor, you know, it's my heart's desire to work in the church." Praise the Lord. And you remembered we said, "Hey, we need to grow. We need to dominate." Praise the Lord so we can fulfill the vision the lord has for us but until we as the people have grown mentally and accept the lord's will for us then we won't grow so today i want to share some information with you in that regard praise the lord how many are ready how many of you are ready to burst at the seams just bursting at the seams amen Praise the Lord. I told you last week, I, every time I go to bed, the predominant thought I hold in my mind is expansion and explosion. But I found out, I'm not in this alone. We are all in this together. Amen? So I want to share with you where the Lord is leading us. Amen? So we saw Jesus dominated wherever he went. He attracted huge crowds. Can somebody say huge crowds? Yes, to which he ministered, praise the Lord. And today since I really, I'm hope, I know sometimes when I feel the spirit of God, I get excited, but today I really want you to get what I'm saying and I want you to feel me today, praise the Lord. Okay, so we saw that when the four friends brought their paralyzed friend they were not able to access the building. Back then, the houses built were there was a, the only way you could access the roof is through the stairs on the side of the house. They accessed the roof through the stairs on the side of the house, and they began to break up the roof in an attempt to get to Jesus. You know, it is interesting that the the I'm looking for a word. That has been leveled against the church. I'm looking for a word. The word just slept me. Let's you let's use as accusations. The accusations that has been leveled against the church is that we are not doing enough to access. I the word I'm looking for is indictment. Uh-huh. That has been leveled against the church is that we are not doing enough to access the presence of God. It's been said that we Do not embrace unconventional ways of getting to God. We have not embraced inconvenience. Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes we allow inconvenience or unconventional ways to prevent us from accessing God. Not these four friends, nothing stopped them. They broke up a roof to get in the presence of Jesus. What will we do to get in the presence of Jesus? What are you willing to break up? What are you willing, what barrier, what habit, what idea are you willing to shatter? To get in the presence of God. My distant adopted mentor, Mr. Brown said, you've got to be hungry. You've got to be hungry. When you are hungry, inconvenience is not a problem. When you're hungry, unconventional means is not a problem. You don't care what people say about you. You need to get in the presence of the Lord and that's what you're going to do. Whatever it takes. You know, I was going to entitle that sermon, whatever it takes, but (laughs) I'll leave that for next week. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, since when you are fed up and tied and you know that God, only God has your answer, then you have to sometimes embrace unconventional means. You have to get rid of inconvenience. Are you with me? And do what you have to do to access the presence of God. How long can we go without power? Without accessing the presence of God. How long are we are we willing to go? The devil is amassing his forces. You can feel it. It's like the entire world is going to hell. I'm not saying they are. I'm saying it's like. It's like the world is moving from bad to worse to worst. And God has you and I as representatives to correct some of the evils that are perpetrated on humanity. Four individuals. We need some good friends like these four individuals. People who can really help us. It's important to have good people in your corner. When you cannot and you are not able to do certain things, they can help you. And the Bible says these are the men, these par- this paralyzed men had as friends. They could not access the house. They came f- to the front door. And while they were coming through the front door, they asked, Can you excuse me? The person said, I'm next in line for my miracle. I'm not going to move. You know, Shirley Caesar has a song. I'm next in line. He said, so can I pass it? He said, look, I've been here since last night waiting. I've been been here since last night waiting on the Lord. You just came. You want me to let you get ahead of me? No. He went to the back door. Mm? He could not access Jesus. On the side door, he could not. And the typical person would go home. They would say, well, it's impossible, we can't. But where there is a will, there is a way. Since you see people moving higher and higher in God, it doesn't happen by osmosis. There is something these people are doing that you and I are not doing. Are you with me? Of course we know in the kingdom of God there is seed and time and harvest. We know that. Praise the Lord. But what I'm saying is how long are you going to ignore the tugging on your heart? Hmm? How long are you going to ignore the pulling on your heart? That's that's I want to talk to you today. Because the world is coming to an end. Jesus is soon on his way. And so I'm saying what are you doing with the tugging that's on your heart? Are you going to embrace Unconventional ways, or are you going to let them stop you? Who would ever thought of breaking up a roof to access the presence of God? They knew that when they arrived in the presence of Jesus, their friends would be healed. What do you know? That's why people behave the way they behave, it's because they know something. They have experienced, they heard of Jesus's other healings, and they believe in their hearts. And the Bible said Jesus saw their faith. How did Jesus see their faith? By their works. That's what the book of James is about. James said, show me your faith and I'll show you what? My works. That's what the book of James is about. People who really believe God, nothing stops them. Nothing. They level and plateau anything that's in their way to get to God. Or to get the promises of God. Since the promises of God, excuse me, are not going to manifest in our lives without effort. And I'm saying the little things sometimes, the little things, the little foxes are what spoil the grapes. The little things we fail to be, to be, uh, to be strong in. The little things. We fail to be faithful in. The little things we fail to be committed in. That's what's leading to our demise as Christians. The little things. Like. Let me continue. (laughs) I was about to give an example. Let me continue. We know prior to Jesus' Healing the young man. Luke chapter 5 verse 16 tells us that Jesus had withdrawn to the wilderness. We hadn't seen that, we hadn't told that, but he had withdrawn to the wilderness and there he fasted and prayed. Amen. The more I read this right here and I envisage the crowd. Last week I asked you to go down to Capernaum. Some people call it Capernaum. I'm used to calling it Capernaum. I asked you to go in your mind's eye to Capernaum and see the village. See where Jesus was. See the crowd and the more i do that in my mind is the more i'm convinced that human beings human beings have one greatest need all humans have one greatest need and that's the need listen carefully that's the need to reestablish connection with god these people were there because jesus was speaking life and there was something in these people are you with me? That resonated with what Jesus was saying. The Bible says in the Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, God has placed eternity. The world where? In our hearts. And these people, the thing that placed in their hearts, they heard it coming from Jesus' mouth and they crowded the house. They heard a life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 1 verse 17, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is what? The power of God unto salvation. They heard power. They heard salvation. They heard deliverance. That space in God, that space, that, that space, that vacancy that God placed in them came alive. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes, you can, sometimes when you hear the word of God, something happens to your heart and you remain glued because that vacancy God pressed in your heart is finally been reached and touched. That is what was happening, brothers and sisters. And so today I want to tell you there is a lot of people out there who need a word from the Lord. People need the Lord. They need a word from the Lord. They need good news. Good news is far and few in between. In these last days. And that is why brothers and sisters we need. Not to look down on crowds. When you see a crowd. You see people who are hungry. For God. People. who were born. Who, people who carry the spirit of God in them. And the spirit of God needs to be awakened. All souls are God's, and it's not God's will. Then he should perish. That's why you cannot. We cannot. We should not look down on crowds. Saints, that's what I'm saying. We should not look down on crowds. Amen. That phrase in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, I think King James said, God has placed the world in our hearts. The world here is eternity and it's a vacancy God placed in our hearts for him and nobody else can satisfy it. Let me say that again. No one, no thing, nobody can satisfy that desire God has put in our hearts for him. Nobody can. And let me say sometimes this is the problem. Sometimes you may think, and I may think, this is what I need. This is what I need. But I'm sharing with you, brothers and sisters, most times that is the problem. That level of dissatisfaction that's in you and I, maybe it's because the vacancy. That God has placed in your hearts and my heart hasn't been satisfied. Maybe that hunger God has placed in your heart and my heart hasn't satisfied. Maybe what I need is not a brand new house. Maybe what I need is not a million dollars. Maybe what I need is not a partner. But what I need (laughs) is that vacancy to be filled. Because if that vacancy is not filled, you look on a spouse to fill it. Well, I didn't come here to talk about that. Let me move on. Yeah, but when you see a crowd, you know life is going forth. Life is going through. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, when the people heard the life that was flowing out of Jesus' mouth, they crowded the house. When mankind... When mankind, when humans perceive that the vacancy placed in their hearts for God can be met by an individual, listen to what they'll do. They will crowd a house. They will drive hours to get it. They will line up all night to get it. That's what we see happened during Jesus' time. And brothers and sisters, that's what's going to happen here at the Imageless of God Ministries. I'm believing God. Are you with me, saints? For the place to be crowded by 1030, 1045. Let me see that again. 1030, 1045. I've seen it. I've been part of it. Glory be to God. And I believe it will happen to us. Oh, glory be to Jesus. That's what we see happening back in Capernaum. Mark chapter 2. The entire verse, the entire verse, verse 2, has been, is, is an attempt to describe to us what was happening can you read verse 2 quickly verse 2 says and straightway, immediately many were gathered together jesus came to capernaum for a few days in peter's house the word house here means home so he came to jesus to peter's house sat there for a couple days and what he was doing before he was teaching i want you to see the importance of teaching the word of god before miracles because you have to equip people increase their faith So they can reach to the point where they can believe. Amen. So he began teaching. Teaching is very important saints. Teaching keeps you. Preaching motivates you. Motivation dies sometimes. But if you are kept. You can motivate yourself anytime. You don't need a pep talk. Are you getting what I'm saying saints? So that's why sometimes we need to get down. And teach the word of God. Amen. Sometimes the word needs to be proclaimed. Sometimes it needs to be taught. Amen? So, if crowds are important to Jesus and God, then it must be important to us. Let me say that again. If crowds are important to Jesus and God, then it must be important to us as Christians. I was reading uh, a commentary by the late Dr. Rogers, and he said that uh, he was a pastor in Tennessee. He said, before they expanded, people used to come to him and say, Doctor, you know, I, I just want to have... A nice little church with a small group of people. <laughs> and then he would ask them, don't you have compassion for the multitudes? Don't you have compassion for the multitudes? Don't you, don't you want to see many people hear the word of God? Don't you see many people? Don't you want to see many people come to hear Jesus Christ? To meet the Lord our Savior? And he said, saints, when numbers are representing precious souls, the numbers are very important. Let me say that again. When numbers are representing precious souls, he said the numbers are important. Listen, God waited until the population in Jerusalem swelled to almost 3 million on the day of Pentecost before he poured out his spirit. Listen to listen. He waited until the population was 3 million before he delivered and poured out his Holy Spirit. We are even told where they came from. The number of people who got saved after Peter preached his first sermon. We are told after Peter preached his first sermon, how many people got saved. I'm saying numbers are important to God. Today I want you to leave here saying numbers are important to God. Therefore numbers are important to me. Acts chapter 2. Listen to where they came from. Acts chapter 2 verse 9. Can you go to Acts chapter 2 verse 9? Today, I want you to just shift a bit. I want you to leave here saying, "Men, numbers are important to God. Crowds are important to God and it's important to me. I'm going to do something about it. Amen? Verse 9 says, the, some of the people who came to Jerusalem, they were Parthians. They were Medes and Elamites. They were from Mesopotamia. And Judea and Cappadocia in Pontus and Asia. They came from Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Siren and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. They came from Crete and they were from Arabia. Think about it. God took the time meant to list almost 17 different nationalities, a melting pot. 17 different nations. God took the time to do that to tell us, look, numbers are important to me. Crowds are important to me. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Because that is what heaven is going to look like. Let me say that again. Heaven is going to look like a melting pot. And so we have to have the melting pot mentality now. Mm-hmm. And believe in God for the day when Immigrants of God Ministries will have at a minimum a hundred different nationalities. Yeah, I believe we'll have Chinese in there. I believe we'll have Japanese in here. Mhm. I believe we'll have. Yeah. People from the Middle East and Egyptians. People from Syracuse and the Bahamas, Vietnamese, glory be to God. Everybody speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's the common language. The second common language in the world. Amen. Additionally, it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, the Holy Spirit took the time to inspire Luke to document the number of people who got saved. Can you go to Acts chapter 2, verse 41? It says, Then they that gladly received the word were baptized. Isn't that a blessing? And we are told, on the same day, there were added unto them about how much? 3,000 people. Why did God put 3,000? He's trying to tell you and I, crowds are important to me. People are important to me. I love people. And that's the mentality God wants us to embrace. Dr. Rogers continues. He said, He's gone with the Lord, but he said this when John Wesley preached in his day. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church. He said, John didn't have microphones and all type of other amplifications. Amen. But he preached to crowds of 20,000 people. Think about it. John Wesley, 20,000 people. Dwight Moody preached to crowds of 11, 12,000 people. Billy Sunday preached to crowds 15,000 people. And during the Bible times, Elijah, you remember Elijah. Elijah and Elisha preached to millions. Uh, 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 John the Baptist—the the Bible says that the entire city left town and went to meet John the Baptist in the city in the uh, in the wilderness. Think about it. John the Baptist was preaching. It. He didn't come downtown. He didn't send an email. But the entire city went to meet John the Baptist in the wilderness. You know, some spiritual leaders and church leaders, we've bought into the deception that if you preach the word of God, then you will not get a crowd. If you preach the truth, I don't know if you, I'm not sure who are the people you've been around, but most spiritual leaders, some of us think that if you preach the truth, then maybe you wouldn't get a crowd. But that is not true you see sometimes sometimes we start small praise the lord and because it takes a little time to grow then we just embrace the mentality well people don't want to hear the truth i'll be small anyhow but the devil is a liar amen Amen. people want to hear the truth people were born to hear the truth amen and so that mentality has to go you get what I'm saying? It has to go. And after a while, sometimes, sometimes after the devil has fought us over and over, he's f- for five years fighting you, six years fighting. I was told that the average church lasts about six years and then they disappear because of a fight from the devil. The devil will fight you to grow. And if you're not careful, you'll get discouraged. Let me say that again. You'll get what? Discouraged. That his, that's his most powerful weapon discouragement the very same thing happens in our lives You look at our lives you look back and we kept saying i'm 55 what's going on you know what happened and then if we are not careful discouragement sets in let me say that again <laughs> discouragement sets in and then we begin speaking saying things we should not be saying not realizing that god is looking at us and god is happy about us Amen, God is happy about our growth. God is happy about where we are because we are going to heaven. That's what matters. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? So we have to be very careful. What matters is that you are going to heaven. What matters, you're going to make it in the millennial reign. I've heard people said, well, if you take a stand and don't compromise, then you're doomed to be small. Let me say that again. I've heard people say that if you don't compromise, amen, if you don't compromise the word of God, then you're doomed to be small. And that's a fundamentally flawed belief. Amen, like Jesus, you can preach the word from a clean heart, teach the word of God in truth, and then the right people will come. Let me not say the right people, everybody will come. Because it's God's will that everybody gets saved. Amen, so what I'm saying is we need to change that mentality. I'm begging of you this morning, when we leave here today, please change that mentality. Amen. We know when the truth is preached, we know that when the truth is preached, the powers that may be, the brokers of powers, unsaved and sometimes saved, will not embrace our claim. The powers, the the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, did not embrace what Jesus said. We know that. The, the, The powers that may be, they may not agree with us, but not the people. Jesus was popular among the people, but not popular in the powers that may be. And sometimes it happens because what you're teaching most times is new to the powers that may be. Oh, Father, we give you praise. We live in Leon County with a minimum of 300,000 people. I'm not sure about the other counties. I know in Leon County where we live, there's a minimum of 300,000 people. And even if most of them don't embrace the truth we espouse, and I'm not saying mean, but us in particular, I'm referring to the body of Christ in Leon County. Since how many of you agree there is still plenty room to receive the crowds? 300,000 people live in Leon County. Certainly a slice of 15,000, we wouldn't be bad. I'm not talking about Jefferson County or Wakal County. People drive from these counties 10, 15 minutes away. I'm talking about Leon County proper. A minimum of 300,000 people. Right for the Lord. Ripe. The thing is, you and I, we have to do our parts. Amen? So please don't get the mentality that we cannot grow. We cannot have big crowds. Amen? We cannot have a big church. The devil is a liar. Because the Bible says, as a man, or a human think, So they are. Proverbs 23.7. If you think well we cannot be big. Then we won't be big. That's what I'm saying. We all have to embrace that mentality. We have to live here saying. That's why God wants us to shift. Because I believe now is the time for us to grow. You get what I'm saying. Now is the time for us. Since whenever there is tragedy. Some people. Some churches thrive. But it starts with embracing the right mentality. The Bible says in the last day, during in the last day, during the uh, the um, the last seven years on Earth on Earth there will be a great revival. Yes, COVID Delta variant a great revival is about to burst forth, but we have to be ready in our minds, amen, to accept and receive that. That's why I said we are bursting at the seams, amen. We have to see ourselves growing and get ready for the growth. Amen. Get ready to share the gospel. Amen. Ask God, who can I speak to? Send somebody my way. Amen. Send somebody my way. Who can I speak to? Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. So some people have bought into the idea that a big church is bad because supposedly, as I said, a big church has a lot of issues, a mess. You know, and as I said before, that's not, you know, know, that's not true. You know, I will say, though, that sometimes, let me say this, and I'm saying this with much humility. I will say, though, that sometimes when you have a huge church, there's a lot of pressure to go along with the norm. A lot of pressure. Amen? A temptation to appeal to the world and to please leaders in the community. Because when you do that, a lot of people are coming at you. They'll come. That's why you and I have to be ready. Amen? possible there's a possible there's a possibility that you might be tempted to compromise a bit amen at the expense of growth but we cannot do that we have to stick to the truth stick to the gospel don't cut corners but rather deliver the unsearchable riches of christ and i'm saying we because we're in this together notice i'm not saying i we are in this together we have to agree that we will grow we will reach people we will multiply the church will thrive and succeed Amen. When? This year in 2021. Yes, we will thrive. We will succeed in 2021. We will burst at the seams in 2021. And somebody's saying, Pastor, well, we got three months. God can give you that in one day. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. In one day, your life can change. Amen. And I'm believing God for that. One day. That's all it takes. There is nothing new under the sun. How many of you can feel the wind? The wind of the last day end time revival. I walk in here thinking about it. I walk in here breathing it. Amen. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 11 in the last days. They who know their God shall do what? Exploits. They who know their God will do exploits. Things people could never even think about. Unimaginable things. But you have to what? Know your God. Amen. So we need to elevate our commitment to Christ. Amen. And we should not be content. Praise the Lord. We should not be content to have stadiums filled. Theaters filled. And the church empty. The devil is a liar. When FSU have a game. I pass. Next to the stadium. And I say Lord I thank you. Look at the size of our church. Bless the Lord. <laughs> oh, glory! When farm you have a game, I drive next to Brad Stadium. Mm-hmm. When there was get down downtown, I said, "Look at them getting down in the house of the Lord." Yeah, yeah. Look at them getting down in the house of the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. I've got the praise. I've got a praise and I got it anyhow. I got a hype. (laughs) I can see them in church praising God. I don't walk around saying "These, these, these sinners and God. No, no. These are people who have the soul of God in them. Amen. And they need the Lord just as you and I do. So when you see them get down, say yes, they're getting down for now. But it won't be too long before they get to church and get down. Yeah, they'll be getting down in church. Glory be to Jesus. You know, you know, these people know how to dance. We have some church folk who are afraid to dance. Praise the Lord. They're looking for somebody to show them how to dance. We need some unbelievers to come in here and show you how to dance unto the Lord. They'll, they'll just change partners. Amen. But they'll keep on dancing. That's it, mother. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Glory be to Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> what, <laughs> what I want to leave with you today is Whatever you do for the last three months since I want you to do it big But when you leave here today, do it big Go large Yeah, go large, do it big My wife and I spoke last night On a few things I'm going, we're going to do different Just different We're going to break up some stuff Yeah, you see like how these guys break up the roof We're going to abandon some things Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. We are going to make, we decide to make some huge changes. So we can see the presence and the power of God. Because we realize, brothers and sisters, the presence and power of God doesn't come with convenience. Amen. You have to embrace unconventional ways, unconventional means. Are you with me? You have to position yourself to let the power of God flow. That's what I'm saying. In one day, in one day, this building could be packed. In one day, your life could be changed, brothers and sisters. One day, it, on, earth, on earth, you hear me? Earth is designed for one to sacrifice for power to flow through. That's how it's designed on earth. And, <laughs> the Bible, are you hearing me? This is how God designed it. And when you embrace the way God designed it, life will bow to you. Let me share with you a portion of scripture that is powerful and has changed my life. (sighs) Psalms 1. So many of this, so many of this floating floating in my mind. Psalms chapter Psalms 125, verse 6 and 7. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth. Verse 26 and 27. Let me let me let me bring it up so we can see it. Verse 26 and 27. Psalms 125, verse 26 and 27. So, verse 6 and 7, Lord have mercy. The, 6 and 7. I meant not 26 and 27. Psalms 125. Sorry. Psalms 126. Oh, verse 6. 5 and 6. 126. Right, sorry. They that sow in tears. That's a law. They that sow in tears shall what? That is a law. You have people not willing to sow. Or if they do so, it's not in tears. If you sow, it's not in tears. It's not precious. It's got to be precious unto God. There's got to be pressure. That's how you get a gem. A gem is just a stone under pressure for a long time. Uh, you get what I'm saying? That's how it's designed to be on Earth. No pressure, no power. Yes, right. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus! Uh, Says we were not born for easy. Just press a button, easy. Anybody can do easy, and then somebody can look at their life and re- in regret. A friend of mine was telling me he, he went to a he went to a an adult daycare. How have you, have you call them? Adult daycare. They have a special name for them. Nursing home. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. Oh, Jesus. So they went to a nursing home. A friend of mine, he said he went to a nursing home and he was ministering because he was told there were a lot of elderly in the nursing home who were broken. And the families out of town not coming to see them, so he went there to minister. And he said to me, sat with an elderly lady. She's about seventy-five, and he sat with her, and she began telling him, "If only I can go back," and that's all she can talk about. Regret, regret, regret after regret, and the regret is eating her. That's what's killing her. They think she has a sickness. She has no sickness. Her sickness is. Thinking about regret the thing she didn't do and she kept saying I did not apply myself She said if I had somebody who could keep my feet to the fire I would have done more in life and she said "I'm 75 and I'm about to leave. I have done nothing With the life I was given Because she was never under pressure Always looking for easy Jesus, before he came down to Capernaum, he was in the wilderness, fasting and praying. Doing what? Fasting and praying. Fasting and what? Praying. Because that's the way he came to show us how to make life bow to you. He came to show us how to get ready to help humanity. I am sharing with you, brothers and sisters, if God is going to use you in any capacity... It, you must have a prayer life and you must be acquainted with fasting. I'm talking about real fasting, not fake fast. Yeah, are you getting what I'm saying? Fake fast or just all type of modified fast. I'm talking about a good couple days with maybe just water. Mm-hmm. I cannot get a witness. I can't, I can't get no amen. Good water and maybe some good clean juice. Are you with me? Good fruit juice. It only grins. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just sitting in God's word. It will reset your body. It will reset your body. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Verse, 20, verse 6. Verse 6 says. He that goeth forth. And weepeth. Because there is pressure. <laughs> oh there is Pressure. Your body is fighting you. Because you got to do what you do for the Lord with honor. <laughs> with honor and your body's going to fight. Sometimes the tears will come from your eyes. Reminded me of getting up sometimes to come to 5 a.m. prayer. To get to 5 a.m. prayer, you got to get up about 4, 430. Mm-hmm. You go to bed the night, 11, 12. Because you got so much stuff to do. That's four or five hours. Your body is going to talk to you at 4.30 when you get up. <laughs> Are you with me? Your body is going to talk to you, but brother, i tell you, that's when God is looking. That, that's precious unto me. Oh, losing sleep is precious unto God. Jesus did it all the time. And the Bible says he got up at 3, 4 in the morning. Well, the, the, the amen is not that. That's okay. That's okay. You know, we'll get there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why I'm saying in one day this church could be bursting at the seams or will burst at the seams in your life also individually. Not only, I'm not only talking for the church, you individually. Your life can change in one day. You, in, in one day, in one day your life can change. Man, I, I have so much here to talk about but I'll tell you, I'll give you this story and I'll bring it to a close. I remembered in my early 20s we grew up very, very poor. Very poor. And at got so I got so tired of being poor and broke and busted. You see, that's, that's, that's all I'd seen. And the preachers, I went to a convention. There was a, there was a preacher from the Caribbean. He came to minister. And he began saying, he started saying, I grew up poor. And that caught my attention. Because at the time, he wasn't looking poor. so I said continue brother now while he was preaching I was falling asleep but when I heard I was poor I got up (laughs) and this is what he said he said and I went to God and God told me in one day your life could change and he said God what do I do because you see the man was he said I was praying and praying and Praying and praying and praying and praying, nothing is wrong with prayer. Are you with me? But to that prayer, you have to add works. Works. And he said, I went to God, and God told me, Son, you need seed to get you out of that poverty. Seed, you need seed to get you out. Amen. Some of us just pray, pray, pray for money. That's not the formula in the Bible. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, pressed down shaken together running over he said God if I need seed give me seed the next week the next week the next week his, his mortgage was behind his utilities was behind I mean everything was behind and somebody dropped two thousand dollars in his lap he just prayed for seed two weeks ago the seed came at a time when he needs not more than seed he needs seed plus He has a choice. (laughs) Oh glory. He has a choice to sow that seed. And believe God. For deliverance from poverty. or eat his seed. And he said. He said when he got that money. He drove to the church. Crying. Crying but speaking in tongues. This. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. And he brought, that's what I call precious seed. He that goeth forth weepeth, bearing precious seed. It's precious. It hurts. You haven't given till when you give and it hurts. I mean, <laughs> I can, I can tell you so. When you give and it hurts, then you give. When you give and you go home and say, Oh, the pastor took me, they took me. <laughs> oh, then you've given. Talking from experience here, yes, so I heard this man said that the tears began running down my eyes. I'd never heard that before. All I've heard was pray, pray, pray. Nothing wrong with prayer, nothing wrong with praying. But the Bible says, Faith without works is dead. So I said, God, if this is true, God, give me some seed, give me some seed, Lord. I got a call from my mother, she said, Son, I got a lot I needed to sell, so sell it and use the money. I said, okay, I sold a lot, get me a couple thousand, three, four, five, five thousand. And I have the money in my hands. <laughs> and I remember what the preacher said. And I'm saying, I, I got to so sell four, five, four thousand dollars I kept saying, God doesn't need all that. How many of you have been there? God does not need all that. <laughs> The tears in my eyes running down and said, God, I could use the money for this. I could use the money for that. And I remembered what he said. He drove to the church and I went. I didn't have a vehicle. I hired a vehicle with my little bag beneath my arms. And while I was heading to the church, the Lord told me exactly how to give the money. He said, Give 1,005 to the church to build a nursery. He said, Give 900 to a particular person. He said, Send 500 to a pastor. Uh, that was in the country. Uh, and, and I did. I, I, was, I was getting out of the church. I had the cash in my, in my bag. And I saw an individual who I knew was going to ask me for money. And I began to run. So I'll not give him. And as soon as I bend the corner, he shout, Emmanuel! I say, God. I came to him and the Lord said to me, give him so much. I said, before you ask, I'm going to give it to you. He said, how did you know? I said, God told me and I left. No, 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 hear me! No, 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 hear me! God told me to send five hundred dollars to a particular pastor in the country. I did. Little did I know, two weeks after, I heard I was walking downtown and I heard a man screaming my name in town like he was crazy. And he came and hugged me. The pastor said, "Now I know there is a God." He said, "When the money came, I was just about to walk away from pastoring." He said, "We hadn't eaten for three days." And he said, I'm a pastor today still because I got that money. (laughs) Now, 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 let let, let me tell you what happened. I gave all the money, left, still broke. One week, nothing. Second week, nothing. Third week, I got a call. And to cut, I don't want to bore you with my story, to cut it short. I got a job making over $6,000. That job came with a vehicle that was paid for. Every time I drove the vehicle, they paid me 50 cents a mile. Broke the back of poverty with a seed. Precious seed. Precious seed. Precious seed. seed. Are you with me? Now, 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 that's my first time sharing this story because I hear people make excuses and I just keep trucking along. I just keep moving ahead because I know what precious seed is about. All the excuses, I don't have time to entertain excuses. The Bible says, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. Without a shadow of a doubt, rejoicing, bringing in his sheaves with him. You either believe it or not. That's it. That's what it comes down to. You either believe God's word or not, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, that was for money, but your life—the same thing for your life—to change the direction of your life. You got to sow precious seed. You got to deprive yourself of some things. Amen. Some (sighs) some convenient things. And embrace some unconventional ways of doing things. Amen. I will let God speak to you as to what you must do. To break out of where you are. Amen. But as you move for the last three months of this year. Think big. Amen. Think large. And whatever you do for God. Do it big. Amen. Do it large. Amen. And do it to honor God. Ask God how can I honor you. As I live for you and he'll begin to tell you do this, do that, do this, do that. Amen. I will share this with you and I'm going to end. I remember when I got serious with God. I was I asked God, uh, how do I honor you? What must I do to honor you? To show wrath. The Bible says the beginning what is what, what, what is wisdom? The fear of the Lord The fear, respect, reverence for God is the beginning of wisdom. God shared that with me from Proverbs chapter 4. And I remembered one day I was on my way to church and the Lord said, that's all you honor me. I said, I said, what do you mean? He said, go to church on time. I went to all my interviews on time. I went everywhere. He said, go to church on time. Honor me. You dishonor the interviewer when you come at 11.05. When there is a, some of them would even take you at 11.05. 11 o'clock you are done for. They look for you and they gun. gone. That's how the world is. They believe in honor. You want to know what is honor? Go in corporate America. Go to corporate America and see how they function. Honor. Respect. And God said to me you need to start honoring me. My wife you have to leave me and go to church. My wife. Leave me and go to church. She has to be there on time. And God tell me, learn from her. See how she honors me. Well, guess who leaves who now? (laughs) Oh, glory be to God. Sunday morning, after 7, I'm gone. Out the house. Because I want to honor God. He spoke to me about it. And in different areas, just different areas, God will show you how to honor him. And I guarantee you, your life will change. Guarantee you. I look at my life from where I was. Back then, 2020, in the 20s, and I look at my life now, and I said, there is no way, no explanation but God. Let me say that again. No explanation but but God. And I'm asking you, if you're here sitting today, your life can change. I know I was a little long today. Let me say that again. I know I was a little long today, but I need you to get that in your soul. Amen? It's time to think large. It's time to think proud. Amen? So God can be glorified. Father, we give you praise today. Please take time to
0: meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m., and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com or call the church 850-408-8496